0: The following program contains views that are not those of WVTC, iNetworks Communications, their subsidiaries, affiliates or financial supporters. Welcome to the Declaring War segment by the RSVP Show, where we get to the root of things and apply the Word of God to every aspect of our lives. Worship, application, and read is how we declare war upon the enemy and bring the light of God and His love for us into every atmosphere. Join your host, author, and singer-songwriter, April D. Metzler, as she and a few special guests dive deep into Scripture and demonstrate the Bible in action through their testimonies. April is passionate about understanding the heart behind every subject and helping you pursue a relationship with God for a victorious life every day. Are you ready for real, candid, and vulnerable conversations about God, His Word, and His love for you? Grab your Bible, pen, and study pad, and let's visit.
1: Hello, 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 everyone. I am your host, April D. Metzler, here with you again for another Declaring War segment on the WVTC Gospel Radio Network. I hope that you have connected with them already. If you haven't, just go ahead and visit their website at wvtcradio.com. I am so encouraged to be here with you another day in the Lord, another day in the land of the living for us to be a demonstration of His love for others and be the light that we are called to be and walking in the light with him. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for joining this broadcast and from wherever you are. Um, of course, you guys know that we dive right into prayer, but if you guys haven't actually caught the previous broadcast for this season, we've already covered John 1, 2, and 3, and this is number four. So we're going to be delving into some passages that you probably already heard before more than a few times because these particular stories in John chapter four are definitely in the, a lot of people preach on them or a lot of people teach them on them bucket. So, um, but there's always something new to learn in scripture. So it doesn't matter how many times that you read these words in the word of God, he's going to speak to you differently each time because we learn and grow as we go through this life and he blesses us with even more understanding and um, and that's what we're supposed to do you know and all are getting get understanding so you guys if you don't mind real quick and for those who have their bible their study pad and their pen and pencil and actually are seated you're fine about your heads of course but for those who are driving please Do not do that when you're agreeing in prayer. Just, you know, know that you are in his presence. He is with you. you You're with him. And we're joined together by the spirit. There you go. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the encouragement along the way that Holy Spirit has given us. Um, Thank you for continuing to do that, continuing to pour into us and being there with us no matter what um, as we go through our days, father, as your children, we thank you for your, your precious son, Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice. Um, and we thank you for the grace and the mercy that you bestowed on us as he gave his life for us in our place where we should have received that, that punishment, that wrath that you, that you had, um, towards sin of the world, father. And We know that it broke your heart and we ask that you break our heart for what breaks yours so that we can maintain that relationship with you, that fellowship with you, the abiding in you throughout our days. Father, Um, teach us the way that we should go, the way that we should walk in. Um, we thank you for clearing the path ahead. we know that you promise to make a way even when there seems to be no way and our circumstances are just overwhelming us we, we know that perseverance and endurance it, it, it comes um, and and it actually gives us abundance of, of knowledge and wisdom in these trials and tribulations it just strengthens us it it gives us a, a new awareness of who we are in Christ and and so we even in The things that are difficult, praise your name. Even in the things that are hard, we give you all honor and glory and worship you, Father. And thank you even for the difficult situations and circumstances in our lives. And we know and have this confidence in you that you will provide for every need. You will protect us. You will lead us. You will guide us in all of our ways. And we just thank you for that and glorify your name today. And And we bless everyone that's on this broadcast in even more awareness and understanding of your great love for them in Christ Jesus. And it's in Jesus's name that we humbly come to you and submit ourselves to you, submit our petitions, ask these things, knowing that they will be done unto us so that the Father is glorified in the Son. And we give our amen and our yes as full agreement, right? All right, you guys. Okay, so John chapter four, here we go. We are going to be talking, yes, indeedy. I got to pull my sleeves up for this one. The woman at the well. Therefore, it says in verse one, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went away again into Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. That was a rewind in history, wasn't it? Um, So Jesus, um, of course, in Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. We're in verse 9 now, and we're going to go ahead and read to 26 today before we do any type of recapping at all or review of the scriptures, just because that's sort of a stopping point for the actual storyline here, that the recounting of history in this moment. Verse 9 says, Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? for Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, Well, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where, then, do you get that living water? If you are not greater than our father Jacob, are you... Who gave us the well and? Or I'm sorry, you are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? And then it says, um, "Who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle?" Got to watch that when the question mark is way at the end of a long sentence and there's commas and long, long sentences. Yeah, Um, 13 says Jesus answered and said to her, "Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again." But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw. He said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. We're in 17 now, and it says, The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have correctly said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews, but an hour is coming And now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for such people. The father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When that one comes. He will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her. I who speak to you am He. Okay, so the disciples are gonna come in and interrupt this whole conversation here in a moment. But for a moment I do want you to to imagine this conversation. So we know that Jesus actually would go away or go get away from the people or go up on the mountain or go up on the top of somewhere and pray. And he did that on a regular basis. And so one of the things that um, hit me months and months and months, months, it's like probably years, actually, you know how you try to remember when something was and it was actually a lot longer than you thought it was. Yeah. So um, there was this picture of Before this day even happened, because this was the sixth hour, right? So before this day even happened, before they even got on this journey and they went to Samaria and were passing through here, um, there was something that uh, came up while I was studying this. And it was a picture of before Jesus ever even went that direction, he like went away and he prayed and he talked to the father And so I'm sharing it with you today, though, for you to have that thought process in your mind as you're going through this. Like he knew not only did he know her before she was ever born, before she was formed in her mother's womb, you know, Um, it, it was he actually knew that this moment was going to happen just as it said, you know, said in these in these scriptures, just as we just read. You know, he knew every step of the way. He knew everything that was going to happen, and he knew the response that was necessary. But you know, he Jesus is connected to the Father, and he doesn't do anything or say anything unless God tells him to. And he's being an obedient son, right? And so, just imagine God telling him, "Okay, you're going to meet this girl. She's going to be at this well. She's going to be right here at such and such time." Okay, and Jesus is like, "Okay, Father." And then he says, okay, she's going to respond this way when you ask her to give her a drink. That's all I want you to do. Just ask her to give you a drink. And then she's going to respond this way. And I want you to say this. And then Jesus is like, okay, sounds good. And then God says, she's going to say this and this. But I want you to continue to say this and share, give her. Just enough information to where it slowly enters into this conclusion that you are my son. So we're going to walk her through this process, right? But because you are so patient and kind with her and gentle with her in this moment, her response is going to be, she's going to run into that town and she's going to tell all of these people about you. And it's like, because you're obedient to me, because you're listening to me, It's not just about this woman. It's about the whole town across that hill. And everyone is going to come to know me because you are obedient in this moment, my son. And Jesus is like, of course, Father. And then he goes about his day, just as God said it would happen. It happens. And he obeys. And this woman learns that he is the Messiah. Right. And so that part's tremendously exciting to me personally, because it speaks about our obedience. Of course, this isn't written anywhere in Scripture. But as I was studying this, this came up and the picture of the whole conversation, the preliminary prayer petitioning before he takes these faith steps and abides in in God through ministering to this woman at the well. You know, um, I could just imagine That happening, but God calls us to come to Him and acknowledge Him in all of our ways and actually talk to Him and include Him in our days. And there's this whole conversation that's intricately lined out. And you know, there's so many opportunities to have divine appointments and connections that are lined out by God that to pour into people and minister to people that we don't even know. What kind of ripple effect it will have, you know, and the world has its own take on it, you know, talking about pay it forward or, you know, kindness, you know, generates kindness or being kind or things like that, that they have initiatives and programs and different days for and all that jazz. And um, they know it works like that. One person can change the world, one person can impact the world, and your obedience to God can actually save a life because you are obeying. God rewards that, and also they get to hear the gospel and may or may not, but may, choose to accept him as their Lord and Savior. And so it's through following his commandment to obey him and obeying his commandments. One of his commands is to go and share the gospel. You obeyed it. God was honored in that. God was glorified in that. Praise the Lord. There's another soul that was saved, another soul that had a heart broken and now is has the opportunity to heal from all of the damage that the world has done to it. The, that people, you know, that have um, harmed or hurt have caused, you know, there's just so many things that all it takes is our obedience. And so it's a great illustration personally in my mind. I'm sitting here like that's what I glean from it. And it, it's, it's just, it's not necessarily about the woman at the well. It's about, you know, the relationship, the father and son relationship that existed throughout the whole time that I just know is there. And so if he does nothing, Unless he first sees it or hears it right from the father, then that means that even this act of obedience and ministering was already lined out and he just obeyed, you know. Um, beautiful stuff here, but yes, the woman is not quite wrapped her mind around what's going on here. She thinks he's a prophet because he knew stuff about her that she hadn't said yet. But that just speaks to how much God knows us and loves us, Um, even when we are not close to him or even know of him or know about him. He still knew all of the details of her life and cared for her and took the time to minister to her. Even when she was just going about her daily business, it wasn't like she was in this dire emergency or circumstance or uh, needed to be healed or, you know, blind or anything like that. Um, This was just she was just kind of she's just going and getting water for the day, man. I mean, that's all she was doing. All she's doing. And Jesus interrupted that normal routine flow to tell her that she was valued and important. And, uh, yeah, and he cared for her and all she had to do was ask for the living water and it would be given to her, you know? And so, uh, it's a simple ask. That's it. He even demonstrates in this illustration, uh, and a moment in history that nothing, uh, is complicated in the relationship with him. It's just a simple conversation. It's just a simple ask. And you will receive, you know, he loves you and it's there for you to accept. He gives it freely and uh, it's it's your choice. You know, it's it's that decision point here. It makes it very simple. You believe in him and he is there and he gives abundantly um, life and life abundantly. Right. So 27, we'll read there. This is where the disciples interrupt the whole thing. And, and uh, at this point, it says his disciples came And they were amazed that he had been speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why do you speak with her? So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and were coming to him. So she still is like questioning the whole thing. She's like, I'm pretty pretty sure there's something going on here. This guy knows everything about me. Like, this, this is the Messiah? Surely not. Maybe it is. If it is, oh my gosh. You know, like this whole thing. They just, everybody gets excited. They go out, you know, went out of the city and were coming to him. And so meanwhile, we're in verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, Rabbi, eat. And so now we're... We're going, coming into this. I'm going to sit here and tell you, Jesus is like, this is a different definition, kids. Just listen. And so um, he said, they're saying, Rabbi, eat. Hey, you need to eat something. You know, we've been on this long journey. You know, you've got to be hungry. You need to eat. You got to keep up your strength. All that stuff. And um, 32 says, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? You know, they're stuck in that worldly fleshly focus. Like, And he's saying, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal, so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. And so he is diving into some heavy stuff here. Of course, if they're sitting there thinking that he's just talking about food and not really thinking upon heavenly things, and they're going to get lost in this whole thing because he's not talking about temporal things here and now right the second needs of the body and all that jazz he's talking about eternal things and he's talking about the fact that these are these are things that we're going to do together and that the the reaping and the harvest is near it's right here you know there's a lot of people that were ready to receive this news this good news and they were waiting, you know the the seeds had already been planted. The sowers were, you know, the ones that had already foretold about Jesus. And the history and the, the seeds in the history of a, of their whole culture at the time would have been uh, firmly planted and rooted in their traditions, in their, you know, their feasts, their, Everything that they recognized um, throughout this whole time, everybody knew the Messiah was coming, and so here we are. You know, um, trying him, him trying to say, "Hey, that's just that's not the important thing." In this moment, in this moment, is the the harvest that is fixing to come, and and the people, you know, hadn't even hadn't even gotten there yet um, in this instance. but I do want to circle back though before we delve into this though, because he he's talking about heavenly things with her and he's talking about heavenly things with um, the disciples as well. And so it's it's almost like this reiteration to set our minds on the eternal, not the temporal, to set our minds on things above, not below. You know, where is our focus? Because in this instance, the woman at the well is thinking literal right now, right here in this moment. None of this makes sense, what you're saying, because she wasn't setting her thoughts on things of eternal weight and glory. And um, the disciples were doing the same thing with the food. So we can definitely double that dosage of gleaning. Um just by just looking at them both side by side in comparison in this storyline um, of recounting. But I do want to go back to 23 real quick and just make a note to look into this in further you know study time. But this says, but an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth Not very often do I hear the woman at the well story um, taught or preached in the fullness that it includes 23 through 24, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Um, 22, of course, uh, tells her you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. Um, But it's the, it's the, you know, fast forward here, right now, right now, um, moment. And then the differentiation between worshiping what you don't know and worshiping in truth and spirit. And so we want to ensure that our definition of worship is in alignment with what God says worship is. What is true worship? And so that would be the, the um, challenge of extra study, is to look into what it means to worship in spirit and in truth, you know, and what it means to uh, be true worshipers. All right. Okay. So we're going to go back over here where we were on 39 is where we're at. And we're going to read through to the end, have a final thought here, and then I'll let you go. So 39 says, um, from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I have done, quote So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. And they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know That this one is indeed the savior of the world. To have such confidence, right? Like, man, that's the kind of confidence that we should have in our walk with Jesus Christ. That we believe him and we know indeed that he is the son of God. Like, there's nothing that can shake you or move you or anything if that is where you are rooted and grounded in, in those beliefs and understandings. This is the truth. He is the truth. He is the son of God. Right. And so we want to make sure that we uh, daily feed ourselves living water in order to acquire that confidence in Christ um, and not in ourselves, not in our own understanding, but in complete dependency and reliance on God and his ways, his understanding. Right. So 43 says, after the two days, he went forth from there into Galilee for Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast for they themselves also went to the feast. So they were there. They were eyewitnesses. And so he was actually received finally. And so there from there. He came again to Cana of Galilee, and that's where he had made the water wine. Okay, so we're returning back to a place that he has already established a sign for the people. And um, it says, and there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, He went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, but he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you people, you people, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son lives. He just said one one word, man. He said, go. That's it. And then he says, your son lives. He gave him the reason why, I guess. But he could have just said, go. Man, oh man, would that guy be majorly disappointed walking back to the house if he didn't say that your son lives part, right? At least now he's walking in expectation of the possibility that his son is okay. Um, so he's walking in hope, which is very interesting, something to think about. You know, God doesn't send us on hopeless steps in our future. He gives us a hope and he he has a great future in store for us. So um, something to think about, you guys. And then it, it continues on. It says the man believed the word. Big, huge piece of that puzzle The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. As he was now going down, his slaves met him, saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Then they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives and he himself believed and his whole household. This is again a second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. And so a little bit of hope, a little bit of belief, and we have a miraculous sign of healing that is demonstrated and almost near death, resurrection type of stuff, you know, like he was going to die and God saved him. He saved him out of the clutches of death and held him in the palm of his hand in perfect safety. That's what happened. And, and it, all it required of this man was that desire to see him healed and saved, his son healed and saved. And the heart's belief to believe upon that which Jesus had said, well, this whole word of God, if you want to take that as an example, this whole word of God is the living word of God. And the word became flesh, right? And the flesh dwelt among us. That's the whole other scripture, right? This is this is the word. Jesus is the word. <laughs> and, and the word was with God and the word was God, right? And in the beginning was the word, right? OK, so it's a belief, a little bit of belief, a little bit of hope goes a long way. And and it just encourages us to trust God in everything, complete dependence, complete reliance on him and just do it a little bit at a time. You know, you know, it's it's a process. It's a practice. It, um, there's so many areas in scripture where it says practice these things that you've seen in me. Practice these things that you've learned. Practice these things that we've taught you. Practice the truth. There's so many references of practicing that Jesus tells us to do or some of the um, apostles or some of the disciples, you know, in their teachings, they're telling us to practice. It's okay. Be gentle with yourself. You know, we don't get there overnight Um, and uh, it takes time to build a relationship of trust no matter if it's with people or with God but God is patient and long-suffering unlike a lot of people so you probably won't ever meet someone as long-suffering as Father God so he loves you you're not alone and he is only a conversation away so I encourage you to get in that conversation soon and visit with him about what he has for you to learn even more about in practice today so you guys um Till next time on another broadcast of the RSVP show. I will talk to you later. And um, if you need any prayer or anything, just hit me up at admin at aprildmetzler.com and that's the email that I um, that I follow. And we'll talk later.
0: Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this visit of the declaring war segment by the RSVP show. We hope these moments of reflection and stillness for victory in your pursuit of God were a blessing to you. We encourage you to continue to worship, apply, and read the Word of God every single day while today is still today. Stay connected with April at April D. Metzler through social media. New music, singles, and her debut music album are available to add to your favorite playlists on streaming platforms. And you can get a copy of her book wherever books are sold. Learn more about the great things she is doing to bless God and His people on her website at AprilDMetzler.com. Thank you for joining this visit with us. Always remember, God loves you. Views made on the preceding program are not those of WVTC Radio, iNetworks Communications, or their financial supporters. Winning victory through Christ, WVTC, Ulcet, Chicago,
1: and iNetworks Communications Station.